So about a month ago, I got a new phone. And Tracy and I both got new phones at the same time. And it's a XR or something like that. And we're enjoying it and what have you. But about my phone, there's one thing of which I'm sure. And that's that I only understand probably about 1% of all its capabilities, right? I know how to make phone calls. I know how to text. I know how to do a little bit of social media, but that's about it. But I'm told it can do so much more. My relationship with prayer so often functions on that same premise, right? I am told and I believe that there is this huge capacity that comes when we pray. Right? If we believe the stories of Scripture, which we do, if we believe the testimony of the saints, there is so much that God does and can do through prayer. But I know that in my life, I'm probably only tapping into about 1% or 2% of that. And so over the next few weeks, I want to start a, a series on prayer, and it's part of our routine that we, we, we talk about prayer for a, a season every year. And the reason I want us to do that is because there's so much more to tap into that we're, we're not doing. We've got so much capacity when we become people of prayer. There is so much more available to us, so much more that can happen when we pray that we just fiddle around with, with just a small percentage of that. So over the next few weeks, I want to look at some experienced prayers from the Old Testament. And I want to see how they prayed because when these guys prayed, mountains were moved. And when these guys prayed, revivals were birthed. And when these guys prayed, nations were rescued. And when these guys prayed, even the sun stood still for 24 hours. And when we hear those kind of stories, it kind of feels like we're starting to tap into the real power of what can happen with prayer. So today I want to start by telling you the story of a guy called Samuel. And the reason I want to start with Samuel is because Samuel was a lot like me in that he only knew a little bit about prayer. And he, and he only knew a little bit about what it meant for God to move and, and God to speak. Samuel was a miracle baby. He was actually birthed in prayer because his mama, Hannah, begged God for a child. And she said, God, if you give me a child, the first thing that I'm going to do is give this baby back to you. And so God gave her a baby and faithful to her word, uh, she dedicated the baby to God. The expression of God for Samuel's life was uh, the church, the synagogue. And at that time, there was a priest in the synagogue called Eli. And so Eli took baby Samuel under his wing. And as Samuel grew, Eli saw it as his responsibility to nurture him in the way of God. 
So much so that when uh, we read this story today, Samuel is probably a young man serving as an apprentice in the synagogue under Eli, the priest. The story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you want to follow along, you can uh, find it in your Bible. It's probably about one-fifth of the way through. Uh, I'd give you my page number, but that won't work. But if you want to find it on the, uh, your, your phone, on the YouVersion app, you're welcome to do that as well. 1 Samuel chapter 3. The first verse says this. Meanwhile... The boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. He was a trainee. He was an associate. He was learning the ways of priesthood. This next verse is absolutely crucial to the whole story. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. This was a time when Samuel was learning to be a priest when God was silent. Samuel was learning to worship and God was silent. Samuel was learning to pray and God was silent. I appreciate that and understand that so much because so often part of my struggle and my understanding to tap into this vastness of prayer is that often it feels like when I'm praying, God is silent. Do you guys ever experience that? You know, we know we should, should pray more, so we'll go to our prayer closets, our prayer room, our prayer couches, whatever it is, and we'll sit down and we'll pray, and we'll pray, and we'll pray, and we'll pray, and what we actually hear back is nothing. I understand where Samuel is. I understand where Eli is. I understand where the people is. They were praying. They were asking and they were hearing nothing back. And the reality is, it's hard for us to listen to silence. Prayer, prayer is a conversation with God, right? In much the same way that any relationship strives and grows because of communication, so does our relationship with God. Imagine having a relationship with your best friend, and you are saying all these things, and all you heard in re return was silence. It's a little unnerving, and after a while, you want to give up and stop. And that's the state of Israel at this time. They were trying to pray. They were trying to worship, but there was silence. And when God is silent, especially in this form through the Old Testament prophets, it's not a good thing. It says no one was hearing messages and visions were quite uncommon. It says in the scriptures that where there is no vision, the people perish. And so these people, Israel, were in all kinds of trouble, not because they weren't doing the right things, not because they weren't doing the best things, but because God was staying silent. When God is silent, things start to unravel. When God is silent, we want to quit. We want to stop. We want to back away. And so that's the context for the story today. 
But one of the things that Samuel teaches us is that when God is silent, that doesn't mean that we should quit trying to communicate. It actually means that we would prepare ourselves to hear more from him. So let me tell you the story. It's quite comical, really. One night, Eli, the priest, was almost blind by now and had gone to bed. Some versions say that he went to sleep at the same time in the same routine uh, every night, and that makes sense because he was blind, right? The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. A couple of things about that verse. The lamp of God uh, in the temple, that, that's not some, um, that, that was actually a thing. It was a physical thing. The lamp of God was like a candle stand and it had these short wicked candles on it, right? That the wicks would kind of burn out in an hour. So you would light this candle, uh, maybe at twilight, then you would go to bed. And just as you fell asleep, the candle would extinguish, so, so as this thing happens, Samuel is about to hear from God while being in, quite literally, the twilight zone. Which honestly is very appropriate because when we think about hearing from God and we hear some people who say, oh, I heard from God, we kind of put them in a twilight zone scenario, right? It's also worth noting as well that as Samuel is praying, he's praying in the tabernacle, which was the church, and he was praying near the ark of God. That was inside the holy of holies in the temple. The ark of God was supposed to hold the presence of God. So here's Samuel, it's, it's kind of twilight, and he's sleeping in the temple, and he's near to the presence of God. And honestly, I want to remind you that if we're going to hear from God, which Samuel does shortly, we are better positioned to hear from God when we are near to the presence of God. Remember a few years ago, I was talking with someone. I said, I just want, to, want a word for God. I just, want, I just want him to confirm that I'm doing the right thing. Because if he says go, then I'll go. I just want to know I'm doing the right things. And I said, well, 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 well tell me about your life. What's going on? And over the course of the next hour or so, they, 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 they shared all kinds of activities and behaviors in their life and in their heart that were separating them from the presence of God. And it just dawned on me that, hey, if you want to hear from God, you got to get in the presence of God because so often God speaks in a whisper, not in a shout, right? And if you're far from the presence of God, you're really making it hard for you to hear from him. So Samuel is in the twilight zone, but that's okay because he's in the presence of God. And he goes to sleep and the candle is about to go up and suddenly... He hears the Lord call out to him, Samuel, or whatever tone and accent God has. <laughs> yes, Samuel replied. What is it? How can I help? He got up and ran to Eli and he said, here I am. Didn't you call me? Eli's already gone to bed by now. And so he's probably not too happy about being woken up. But he calmly says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. 
So Samuel did. Verse 6. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Probably with a little stronger tone. (laughs) Go back to bed. (laughs) Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he'd never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Didn't you call me? Now I imagine each time Eli is getting a little bit frustrated. And honestly, I imagine that Samuel is too. Maybe he thought it was some kind of game. But I think one of the things that we have to understand right off the bat is that even though God hadn't spoken for a long time, Samuel was still making himself available for God to speak. He's asleep and he hears this voice and he wakes up just like that. And he says, here I am. What is it? I'm ready to serve. What do you need? Happens a second time. Here I am. What do you need? Ready to serve. I want to help. Happens a third time. What is it? Here I am. Ready to serve. And one of the things that Samuel teaches us about prayer, especially when God has been silent for a long time, is that we have to keep offering our availability to God even when God is silent. Now again, if I haven't heard for a long time, I'm not listening as much. If I'm in a relationship with a friend and I'm trying to to share the conversation and they keep ignoring me and not responding, I'll probably give up. Because it feels like a dead end and I want to move on. When it comes to the issue of prayer, the first thing that Samuel teaches us is do not give up. Do not move on. Continue to offer your availability to God, right? Three times it happens. Three times he goes to see Eli. But Eli is a good mentor. He's a wise sage. And maybe he doesn't want to be woken up a fourth time. But it says, then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed a fourth time. But this time is different because Eli has helped Samuel turn the dial on his transistor radio so that he can tune in and listen to the voice of God. What's very telling about what happens here is found in verse 7. Samuel did not know the Lord because he never had a message from the Lord before. That's really interesting because Samuel had been dedicated to the Lord as a baby. He'd grown up in the church, in the synagogue. He should have known the Lord. He was around all the activity of God, but he didn't know the voice of God. And so when he heard the voice of God, he thought it belonged to someone else. 
You remember those old transistor radios? You know, I was thinking the other day of some things that, that, that our kids will never know of and our grandkids will never know of. Our grandkids will never know a transistor radio, right? My grandkids, right? You know where you, you'd be on one station and if you weren't quite there, it was really fuzzy and sometimes you'd be, be on the wrong station listening to the music. That's where Samuel was in his prayer life. He was listening to the, the wrong sound on, on the dial. He, he, he was in the church, he knew of God, but he didn't know God. And because he didn't know God, he was listening to, to the wrong dial. And I think that's the second thing that Samuel teaches us about prayer. Not just be ready and be available, but make sure we're connected to the right source. You know, maybe we need to turn that dial just a little bit to the left, a, a little bit to, to the right. I believe that God speaks to us. But I got to be very careful where I say that because if I say that in the wrong places, I get all kinds of funny, strange looks, right? The reality is, I believe, for the Christian in relationship with Christ is that God still speaks. But one of the reasons that people don't give credibility to that is because there's so many people who are speaking on behalf of God saying, hey, God told me this, but they're tuned in to the wrong frequency. Does that make sense? We, we, we've all heard and seen some of these uh, prophets or some of these kind of uh, charismaniacs, right? P people who are just off in lost field and they say, God spoke to me. But they're into the wrong, wrong frequency. And so what they say doesn't, doesn't make sense. If we want to hear from God, we have to tune and change the frequency so we can be sure that we're aligned to him. Uh, there's a preacher uh, in uh, L.A. who I listen to. It's called Erwin McManus. His uh, sister lives in Castlebury and is engaged to the, the chief of police. And he's on the board of this, um, this missions committee. And uh, they were talking about how they could support missionaries and stuff like that. And they said, well, maybe we need to, to send some, some psychiatrists over to these, these missionaries and see how they're doing, you know, mentally. And everyone's in this meeting, he says, don't you dare do that. <laughs> Because the first thing the psychiatrist is going to say is, do you hear voices from God? And all these people are going to say yes, and then they'll be coming right home and we'll end missions as we know it. <laughs> but it's really important if we want to hear from God that we tune the transistor, we get in the right frequency. And that's what Eli helped Samuel do because Samuel had heard a voice and it was the voice of God, but he didn't recognize the voice of God. So the fourth time he's going down to sleep, the Lord came as before. Note that this time the Lord says, Samuel, Samuel. The first time he just said, Samuel. Maybe God's getting a little bit impatient now. Samuel, Samuel, it's me. <laughs> this time Samuel replied, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because the sons of 
His sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I had vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by the sacrifices or offerings. And Eli heard this word and I bet he's thinking, oh God, I wish you'd have stayed silent. Because what he's been asked to do, what he's been called to do, is to go and share a very difficult word with the guy who is his mentor. He said, I'm available. I'm going to tune my frequency. And then he starts actively listening. You know, there's a difference between passive listening and active listening, right? If you want to understand that more, (laughs) ask your spouse about it. Because they will tell you times when you are actively listening, hopefully, but they will also be able to point out when you're passively listening or not listening. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's right. Don't look at Heather because she's got some. (laughs) Right? He starts to actively listen to God. He acknowledged God. He said, how can I serve? And then he started to listen. He he was engaged by, by God and God's voice. And when he started to listen, unfortunately, God gave him this word that he didn't want to hear. You know, I think sometimes when we try to hear God, we don't actively listen. We, we, we try to, to listen to God and there's all kinds of other noise and all kinds of other distraction and all kinds of other stuff that's getting in the way. But in this moment, he's focused. He's ready to, to, to listen. And God speaks this word that he doesn't want to hear. God had been silent for a long time. As it feels sometimes that God is for us. But just because God was silent, Eli didn't give up. He offered his availability. He tuned in to the right channel. He started actively listening. And then he's got a challenge as to what he's going to do next. Verse 15. He gets this word from God. It's a difficult word, one that he doesn't want to hear. It says, verse 15, Samuel stayed in bed until morning. I bet he did. And I bet he didn't get much sleep that night because he didn't want to go and confront his mentor, his boss, his father figure with this this bad news. The bad news was that Eli's son's who were also kind of priests in training, had involved in all kind of immorality that, 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 that abused the ark, that abused relationships. They'd been very selfish and self-driven, and God didn't want to let that, that slip. Samuel stayed in bed until morning, and then he got up and opened the doors to the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. And I, I get it. That's a, that's, a, that's a hard thing to do. He, in this moment, is charged by telling truth to power. That's not an easy thing to do. 16. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son. 
Samuel's a servant. His response is the same. Here I am. I imagine by this time they're probably, uh, you know, sitting around the breakfast table. They've opened the doors of the, the, the tabernacle. They've got up. This is their breakfast conversation. Eli was going to ask the question, even though Samuel didn't want to hear it. Verse 17, what did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. So far, so good. Samuel takes a, a deep breath, and you can imagine saying, well, you know, it was nothing. But Eli's a good mentor. And so he turns the heat up a little bit and he says, may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. <laughs> and that's one of those statements that you're like, yeah, you just, uh, I, I don't know whether you've been defensive and evil or whether you're just looking out for, for my back. But he, he, he made it possible for Samuel to speak. Verse 18, Samuel, who's got nowhere to go now, told Eli everything. And it makes a point to say that he didn't hold anything back. He told the truth to Eli, even though the truth was hard. He didn't just tell some of the truth. He told all of the truth. He didn't leave out any details. He filled in all of the details. He handled this difficult assignment with great integrity. And you know what? I think God gave him this assignment because God knew that he would handle it with integrity. And so I would say that that's a fourth thing about how we position ourselves to hear from God. We offer availability. We tune into the right channel. We actively listen but we better be prepared to respond faithfully. God's not going to ask us to do something if we're going to choose to turn our back on it. God's not going to entrust us with the keys to the kingdom if we're going to cover the lock. If we want to hear from God, we have to start living faithfully and we must be prepared to live with even greater levels of faithfulness. Eli's response to this is beautiful. It is the Lord's will. Let him do what he thinks is best. Eli could have been defensive. He could have fought back. He could have wrestled back. But to Eli's credit, he just says, hey, I, I, I want what God wants. I, I, I want to be about God's business. And if this is his business, then, then he can do it because he's God and I'm not. Let me wrap up with this. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. And everything that Samuel said proved to be Reliable. What a legacy that is that Samuel left. What a reputation to have as you go through life. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. 
Wouldn't you like that to be said about you? You know, when I look, 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 at, look at my life, I mean, it's nice to have a good reputation. I would, I, I would love for people to say, hey, Andy's word was, was reliable. But more than what others are saying about me, I would love to know that as I move forward, the Lord is with me. This reputation that Samuel had was birthed on a promise from God. And he was able to live and fulfill fulfill this promise because when God was silent, he still kept listening. When God was silent, he still said, here I am. When he couldn't hear very well, he, he kept trying to tune the channel. When God spoke, he didn't just take it lightly and respond passively. He was actively listening. And then when God spoke, he responded faithfully. Here's the deal. It seems often that when we pray, God is silent. But perhaps God is just waiting waiting for us to say, here I am, waiting for us to attune ourselves to him, waiting for us to start listening, preparing for us to respond faithfully. The backside of this is that when we do that, God is with us and God makes us reliable people. Samuel teaches us not to quit praying. Even when God seems silent, keep going.